0: Hello everyone.
1: Hello. How's, How's it going? going?
0: Pretty good. Just got back from my aunt's birthday party.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Woo! Family birthday party.
0: Yeah. There we go. Cake. Yeah. I'm full of cake right now. Cake. let eat cake. So I might be a little lethargic.
1: oh sorry.
2: Well, that's <laughs> a well, that's understandable considering the topic.
1: Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Not a lot of action. Wink. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> we did watch uh, the episode of she where Skeletor comes to Eternia last night. And I have to say, though, that it was full of gold because Skeletor like, how am I going to fuck the king today?
2: <laughs> oh, boy. I oh, am just. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, oh boy, what? What's going on?
2: I don't know. I'm just. I feel like. I feel like I'm almost about to catch the flu. Uh,
1: oh, shit.
2: Does that make sense?
1: No, no, no. I know no. that feeling of yeah. like, you know, you're about to get sick. Like, oh, this is the fuck. time to just drink as much orange juice and eat as much chicken. And
2: yeah. well, at least I got chicken.
1: Yeah, get some O-C- OJ. Get some vitamin C in you. It's the only thing you can do.
2: So how are you doing, Neil?
0: I'm doing pretty good.
2: So what did you think of those links I sent you today?
1: Um
0: remember what they were? I, I did click on a couple of them, but I forgot. It was
2: they. how to fix RoboCop?
1: Oh, right, well, right. Well, how to fix RoboCop. Yes. What the like reboot. how? The reboot. Oh, the repo, oh, god yeah. Has that come out yet?
2: No, no. but uh, there was a uh, there's there's a there's a uh Web program by uh, the Screen Junkies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a good web program where they they ask it, they ask this guy how do we fix RoboCop and he he gives some very good tips like you know don't do the whole inserting a message in there because it's not going to work because you're doing a reboot to do a reboot and don't call it RoboCop.
1: Well, you could get, you could like change the message a bit, I guess, but why are you doing RoboCop like? District 9 is, like, making commentaries on, like, you know, class, socioeconomic class issues and shit. And it's not based on anything else. Was,
0: wasn't wasn't there a message in the original RoboCop anyway?
1: Yeah, there was. It was capitalism bad. Yeah. Yeah, which is why remaking that is awfully hilarious.
0: And yeah, there is a bit of irony there.
1: Yeah, well, that, I think the I think that actually kind of makes the original RoboCop even better, because it's like, <laughs> oh, look, <laughs> they uh, were right. They should, make a direct, they should
0: make a director's cut where they they insert an extra commercial, and it's a commercial for the new
1: RoboCop. That would be awesome. I <laughs> would totally pay like for a new special edition if they did that.
2: Oh, Neil, I also sent you a link to, uh, there's this uh, Marvel Heroes game, and they had a Squirrel Girl. I saw that, yeah. Yes, Squirrel Girl is a real thing.
0: I know. She's, yeah, because she she has the power to summon the horde of squirrels, and she's and because of that, she's gotten some really big wins. Like, hasn't she defeated Galactus?
2: No, she defeated Doctor Doom. Oh, okay. And and the thing is, people just keep on calling calling that out, and saying, "I will never accept that Doctor Doom was defeated by Squirrel Girl." <laughs> but it, the thing yeah. is, the thing is, out of you, most of the times when Doctor Doom loses. You know, they go, "Oh, that's a Doom bot." You know, "No, oh, that's just a Doom bot. That's a Doom bot." And <laughs> and this is the only time that writers have made it painfully clear. No, that was Doctor Doom that lost to Squirrel Girl. I mean, Doctor Doom loses to the X Men. That's a Doom bot. Doctor Doom loses to the Avengers. That's a Doom bot. But Doctor Doom loses to Squirrel Girl. No, that really happened.
1: No, wrong. What? I'm just saying that. No, that's no. That's stupid. No, no one defeats Doom. That's the whole point. Except for Squirrel Girl. No, no, I <laughs> choose not to believe it.
2: But well, yeah, she does Let get huge about. wins by summoning summoning a horde of squirrels, and <sighs> she is one of the better Marvel characters. And uh, Neil, I'm actually surprised that you don't have a Squirrel Girl esque character, because it seems like the kind of thing you would lo- love to write.
0: That would be funny, but it's already been done.
2: I know, but yeah. you can do something different. You can do something different. My quality. I guess it's action. It's drama. It's comedy.
0: It's DCN, the superhero web comic. has superhero antics and sexy girls. Catch updates weekly at DCN.com and NoSuperPants.com.
2: All right, let's get started on Louche Schemer. <laughs> <All right. sighs> Schemer? Is, is that really how it's pronounced No, or, yeah. no. Shimer. Uh, what is? You should be Lou Shamer? Oh. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome again to Animation Ficionados. Uh, tonight we're talking about the life and death of Lou Shimer, uh, the, uh, one of the most infamous uh, animation uh, figures that we've talked about on the show. Uh, we are going to be very fair in this podcast. We're not going to just blindly celebrate mm-hmm. him. But at the same time, you know, we're not gonna be as mean. Yeah. We're um, not
0: gonna dance on his grave. We're not too gonna long. be mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, it's uh you know, Blanchard's gonna get pissed up, pissed off if we do.
0: No, uh, I don't think he will. I I know a couple people who will though. And we but, all know
3: he will. He won't listen to this particular podcast.
0: <laughs> no, because one one time I I showed him the the. the the filmation Tom and Jerry's and he was like oh 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 (laughs) he he knows all right oh okay (laughs) this is your host Ben
2: joined by my co-host
0: TV's Mr. Neal we prefer to preach pro-social values until they
2: spew out everyone's ears and all over the ground and with us is our favorite guest Kitty Hawk
1: oh god damn it by the power of grayscale I have the power (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know, their animation would be improved if it wasn't grayscale. And with us is also animation extraordinaire, Pablo you
3: Year of the Wolf. I can't remember what? the other part of the song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say grayscale because, like, in my first comic, I did make a joke about that by the power of grayscale because I was like, fuck. <laughs> we're doing this in sketchy style. We're doing it in (laughs) grayscale.
2: Didn't Yuki actually start in grayscale, or am I thinking of the jar?
1: Yeah, the jar was in grayscale for the most part, and Yuki started as grayscale. But by the time like it gotten through the first chapter, I realized that a lot of people were starting to get broadband, so I said, "Fuck it, color."
2: (laughs) Well, female singers are, are are a great thing to get. All right, and speaking of bad jokes, uh, Lou Scheimer's career started in. Uh... <laughs> oh, you, are... good
3: thing we're not being mean or dancing under the so... <laughs> bridge.
1: Oh, he was like, okay, it, it was he didn't he wasn't terrible. Like I was actually watching like some filmation stuff last night, and I have to say, like they did what they could with what they had. Like I watched some of the He Man stuff, and like you see vehicles, like. And they actually, you know, they flicker a little bit, but you know, they move like a vehicle. And I found out how they did that, and I was like, that was incredibly smart for a small budget. They mm. would, uh, did you do you know how they did it?
3: If I am aware a bit, I, I'm I'm not sure if they use the same method for himan, uh, mm. but uh, I know the methods that they did use for uh, Flash Gordon. They probably yeah, they would... eventually carried them over.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I... I haven't seen the Flash Gordon, but I, I watched the the He-Man, and what they would do is they would take the models and they'd paint them black, and then they would put white lines along the edges. So, like, early wireframe. And they would move them around, and then they would rotoscope that. And so I was like, that is fucking awesome. Like, because that's pretty much early wireframe right there. And it was... You know, in the 80s and being done completely in America, which, you know, at that time, everyone else was using Japanese and Korean studios. So you got to give him credit for that. He was Uh, trying. That's
2: true. But, uh, you know, there's one thing we have to talk about was there was a Filmation, uh, uh, you know, uh, History of Filmation special that was done. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the the, the honest truth, is Filmation did have lots of the rising stars of the 90s animation they had uh, they had John Kay, they had uh, Paul Dini, they had Bruce Tim, they, uh, they, uh, they, they had they had.
1: They had writers such as well, Mike, uh, J. Michael whatever. we JMS, JMS, We'll just call him JMS.
0: We we did cover this already on like a our previous episode. So what I want to do is go back to what Kitty Hawk was just talking about, which is uh, how they were using American uh, animators as opposed to going overseas. Yeah, but. Toward the toward the end of the seventies and early eighties, a lot of the studios that were doing that were still doing animation in America were doing it better than Filmation. So yeah. even, even when yeah, Nelvana, even Hanna Barbera. So yeah. even during those times, it's like Filmation never they never innovated. It was like they were using the same techniques over and over and over. The only time they did something new is when they figured out From Secret and Nim, how to make something glow, and that's how they got the
4: lightning
0: lightning effects in He-Man. That's like the only innovation they ever did. Yeah, and and even then it was like copying something that Don Bluth had done.
2: And not to mention the the burn in it got really bad the more and more they replayed it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But okay, like something I've noticed, like when I was reading over like Filmation's like history and all that. I noticed that like a lot of those other animation studios were either owned ultimately by someone else by that point uh or were just Disney. <laughs> and yeah, like so it could honestly be that like they were dealing with the fact that they didn't have like a money like okay, I'm looking at who owned them at the time, like teleprompter. And then Westinghouse owned them for like six towards the end. And then L'Oreal owned them for, like, a year. So <laughs> yeah. it's like they just didn't have any support behind them at all. So they were kind of I, I, – I guess what I would say is they were kind of doing what they could. And, like, that's not an excuse, you know, because, like, you can say, well, they should have worked harder. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, you know, over at Warner Brothers, they had an entire, like, media empire behind them. And then you have, like, Disney, which is fucking Disney – and then Hanna Barbera, who, who owned Hanna Barbera at that point?
2: Disney, who could sink thirty million dollars on on a uh, island paradise amusement park and then abandon it?
1: Oh yeah, I went, uh, uh, Are you? Which one are you talking about? Are Oakley's you Palace? About the one, Oh yeah. Although during the eighties, that was
0: the eighties was kind of a downtime for Disney. Disney wasn't really doing.
1: Well, Disney that was, about, was that was that was a bad time. That Disney
2: was, was resting, but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, Kittyak, you're saying something about Mowgli's Palace?
1: No, I wasn't talking about that. When I was going to talk about the one they built recently. That oh, Treasure Island. No, no, I uh, I Alani, which is in Hawaii, which oh, there's out, a
2: third one.
1: Yeah, Alani is going to cost Disney like something like fifty million dollars. Like they're going to lose fifty million dollars over the next ten years. Because they got into a really bad deal with, like, timeshares. I mean, that's an entire episode <laughs> into itself, if you want to get into that. But, wow. So not, Disney
2: yeah. Disney has, well, does Zero Disney count as a failed park, or do people still go there?
1: Well, like, okay, like, see, um, Hanna-Barbera was, <laughs> see, they were owned by, shit, they were owned by Taft Broadcasting at the time of, like, <laughs> of like their competition with Filmation and Taft was pretty big at that point. So it could just be that they just didn't have the money and like, they were just dealing with what they could, but whatever. I mean, I, I think a part of this first. was
2: also Filmation was working really hard to get as much out there at one time. I mean, oh yeah, if, if they, if they, if they like pulled the resources and went with, let's just do one series this year, but it's going to yeah, be the like, best stamps. Just, just, they'll be the best damn series ever. They might have they might have been able to, you know.
1: Well, well but they, they seem be oh, go ahead. No,
3: no, you you, you go first, I'll will go with the rest.
1: Okay, well what I was gonna say is is like, you know, I'm, one thing I will say is is that like I remember He Man and I remember She-Raw pretty pretty well, and I actually have some fond memories of like the Star Trek animated series, but like you look at their filmography, and I will have to say that they are basically the THQ of animation. Because like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna be fair and say, like, uh, they did. They were outsourced for T- Tom and Jerry. They um, they did the uh Gro- the Porky oh, Pig god. and Daffy Duck meet the Groovy gullies.
4: Oh god.
1: Um, uh, they did some Wizard of Oz stuff. They uh, so it Pinocchio. just looks like yeah, Pinocchio, Fat Albert. So it basically and Archie. So what it really looks like is, is they, they were like the THQ of animation. Like it, they did some things that were original, but for the most part, it was like, Hey, I got an idea. Will you do it for me? And then hey, like, I got sure. some
2: pre-existing property. We need a cartoon just to be a cartoon. Yeah. But That's
1: the thing it, is, is that, that, that they, they had good writers though. So that made up for like that, because like, I mean, I can sit through an episode, like some cartoons from the eighties, I try to sit through and I just can't. But like I could sit through those She-Ra episodes and well the Star Trek is just well that's on a to- totally different level.
0: Yeah, that is so, true. Yeah. That is true because I said on a previous episode that if I if I see He-Man or She-Ra on Kubo I'll watch it. It's it's yeah. not it's not totally wretched. It's just that filmation their 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 way of animating was just kind of Let's just say I always knew it was them whenever they were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A thing to say is, is that they're very good radio plays. Like I honestly, (laughs) when we were watching some of the episodes of She-Raw, I could actually just not pay attention to the screen and I could just listen. And it was, you know, and I could see the whole thing because I've seen one episode of she so now I know exactly what to expect. Like, I right. know exactly which animation is going to occur at this point. I know exactly. But the thing is, is that I was able to follow the story very well. And it was actually pretty fun. Like, I actually was, like, you know, generally entertained. So radio plays with some <laughs> some, some pictures.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. very some accurate. Alleged <laughs> movement.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like it's like professor brothers you know i love brad neely's professor brothers not animated at all but in my mind it's animated the same filmation.
3: <laughs> well we also have to put uh, some of the things in context mm-hmm. i mean it's it wasn't just like a terrible year for in for animation in uh, studios in general back then uh but Filmation wasn't really an animation studio when it started at all. Yeah. When they got their first gig, I mean, uh, from what I read, <laughs> uh, they basically got like uh, a deal for a, again a licensed uh, uh, character, and and they went like, oh yeah, we gotta visit the studio. Okay, yeah, it's like, but but we don't have a studio. We have like five people drawing here, and mm-hmm. people are gonna come by and visit. Uh, uh, pretend you're drawing or something. Uh, because uh, they really didn't have anything Uh, but you know they did they did have like some of the again some licensed characters they had some rights for some things but the problem was that it's easy Uh, it's something that translates even for today when it comes to animation, animation costs money and time. If you're mm. making, especially a TV series, uh, you have to deliver on time uh, quite a big amount of animation. You, you ha- first of all, you have to have a, like a head start. Back in that day, it took like around from three to six months to get an episode done. Uh,
2: actually, the- actually, I find that number. You know, the, the funny thing is. Uh... I'm basing my number off of various production notes uh, from uh, specifically uh, da- dating from Bruce, Tim, to uh, to Bryke's uh, production values. And I've always heard it takes about nine months. Yeah. Uh, when it came to Batman, the
3: animated series, it took uh, quite a while. Uh, I- I'm being, you know, trying to put the minimum at least. Uh, so, for instance, I. Uh, even though syndication basically started with him and masters of the universe uh, just to get uh, 12 episodes done meant animating for more than one year. Well, the thing in, is in Japan, what's it. most common with, uh, you know, uh, serialized anime is that they actually give uh, different episodes to different animation studios, or and you can tell the difference from time to time.
1: Oh or yeah. Teams well, like, inside the studios. Yeah, they did that with Futurama. Like, they had several teams working at a time, like, on the animation. Even though a lot of it was, like, 3D, they had people working on that, and also writers. It would take six months to do an episode.
4: Another like, example of the original
1: this... Futurama. But the new Futuramas don't, because they don't put as much time into it, mm-hmm. because they're just not, they don't care as much anymore.
2: And another example uh, of this is, uh, is, you know, it's... It it does take an average of nine months, but uh, the funny thing is is future is is uh, filmation. We're talking
3: quality animation first of all. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about the
0: animated series quality of animation. Well,
2: we're talking about you know Avatar: The Last Airbender has an average of nine months per episode animated. Hmm. Uh,
0: Yeah, when you're uh, using the same cells, literally the same cells, over and over and over again for each and every single goddamn episode. You can shave off quite a few months, I bet. Yeah. I, well,
1: I mean, it's like it's like PvP. Once he had enough of a bank of of character, like,
2: poses. PvP. Who, who, who
1: yeah. did PvP stock footage. Again? Yeah, stock footage. Scott he was able Kurtz. to just... Yeah, he just oh, turns God. oh, fuck him. Yeah. yeah, well, he just turns them out, because he actually admitted that he had a big enough bank of character reactions and stuff like that that he just said, I just pull from the bank whenever I need a particular reaction shot or something like that and i was like well shit that's awesome pretty much
0: the same thing with another with other comics like uh what was that control alt delete although he he probably had yeah. to draw something new when they did the uh the uh miscarriage episode yeah
1: oh, control alt delete well, fuck him too yeah penny arcade did it for a while but then like yeah then it got really fucking obvious they were doing it and i think they then realized realize they couldn't keep doing it. Probably that's Buckley, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know what
0: before that before that comic before that particular episode went up that comic was known as uh PVP done poorly. Oh, or actually it's more I thought... like more actually it's closer to penny arcade. It kind of resembles penny arcade but before before that particular comic went up it was kind of seen as like a me too comic.
1: Well, there was a lot of gaming com- that that was yeah. during the boom of gaming comics. That's,
2: but, that that's sure. true and uh Yeah, but but back to uh, <laughs> Oh, I, speaking of which, yeah. Mike Crolick Kral- actually calls uh, Tim Buckley an art criminal. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, he
2: actually said that. He called I he says I think he's an art criminal. And, uh, and he also and uh, Jerry Hulk- Hulkins says that Tim Buckley is the antichrist. And yeah, there's okay. the first horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> okay.
0: okay.
2: Yeah. And okay. Uh, we all know what Yahtzee thinks of him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway.
1: But back, back to Filmation. Yeah. But like, okay. Like something I'd like to give Filmation is is that they actually did do the uh, like some of the Batman and Superman, you know, animated the Aquaman <laughs> series, which, what the fuck, Aquaman. But at the same time, like if it weren't for the cartoons with them, with both Filmation and Hanna-Barbera doing those superheroes were kind of in a crisis at that point. That was sort of like the end of the silver age and like things had just gotten way off the rails (laughs) and they were trying to get a new generation. And you have to say that like, like, okay, we watched an episode of the new adventures of Batman, which is basically like a straight up Batman episode. Then we watched an episode of Super Friends, which is Hanna-Barbera, which is just pure drugs. <laughs> I mean, like, then the episode we were watching, they were, the Super Friends were watching themselves say something in the past. Like, they, they just said five minutes ago, they watched it again on the screen, and then I think one of them reached into the screen or something, and I'm like, okay, you know, you can say all you want about Filmation, but Hanna-Barbera is just like, fuck is going on? That is not how things work. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guess I didn't do my drugs this morning so that I could totally understand <laughs> the logic behind this episode.
3: Well, the, the, there was uh, many things involving all, all of that particular era of animation.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, uh, yes, drugs, probably. Uh, but <laughs> But also, you know, there was this anti-violence movement, so yeah, uh, they were trying to reach a younger audience that, oh, you can't talk to kids unless you're saying, you
1: know, good stuff. Um, well, it was right so. after the, the civil rights shit, and they were trying to get people to be peaceful. Like, hey, stop, like, burning shit. We'll give you things, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll give you rights. How about that? Now stop burning things. Yeah, there was a there was a good bit of that in the 70s. The let's all calm the fuck down.
4: Hmm.
1: But yeah. it, but at the same time, like Hanna Barbera goes like I, I don't know. Anytime I watch anything from like the 70s through like especially Super Friends is just like it it, it further supports my my theory that everyone was on drugs prior to 1980.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, well, um. Well, talking about uh, the particular style that, that was there during th- that particular age, you know, when it came to Super Friends and similar, all the those superhero cartoons, uh, they sort of sprouted out of, actually, Disney. <laughs> uh, here's the evolution of, of the style that, that went mm-hmm. on with animation. After uh, Disney say, uh, fuck you, anthropomorphic animal animals, I'm trying to be serious now and win awards here. Uh, and he did, you know, uh, Snow White. Uh, That was one of the first attempts of an actual human being being animated. And it brought over, you know, all the rotoscoping that it needed because drawing a a realistic human figure moving in a realistic way, it needs a lot of studies, reference, and stuff. And not every animator is capable of pulling that off. So the cheap way and fast way to do that was Rotoscoping
2: The cheaper and and faster way Is high contrast film Oh yeah, let's not go there please (laughs) But But again,
3: uh, the thing is that Many of the Disney animators Were trained in this particular style Uh, Some of them eventually uh, Migrated to Hanna-Barbera Actually it was uh, And it was a Japanese artist uh, Who created Scooby-Doo
0: That's right
1: when it came to the was designs... He, was he Japanese-American or was he Japanese? Probably Japanese-American. Yeah, I think that was the deal. Because, like, his... Yeah. But, yeah. I, yeah.
3: Well, okay. And the thing is that uh, he is the one that uh, brought into limited animation this realistic style. So mm-hmm. we found this great middle ground with no white on the eyes, for instance. <laughs> it was uh, low-budget Disney. Basically, we had rotoscoping from time to time, but the thing is that it was still expensive a bit. We couldn't do it every all the time, so stock footage. And so, you know, it, it got washed down more and more and more and more. And that's what we had back in the 70s. Uh, when Filmation did Flash Gordon, it was uh, a movie at first. That I didn't yeah. know about until recently, and it was a hardcore movie. Actually, it starts with <laughs> Nazis, and you know, great animation, and and you know, this rotoscoping of of small f- models in order to get like a 3D effect of a vehicle. It's yeah, it, it's amazing. And the thing was that uh, they actually put all their efforts, all they could back then, and in their budget to make this Flash Gordon movie right. And the thing was. Oh, this actually worked. But you know what would work even more? A TV series. Because, you know, (coughs) people need content right now. So if we can make a syndicalized TV series out of this, it's like, uh, yeah, but uh, how do we get to do that? It's like, oh, we already animated most of it. (laughs) So, we just gotta, you know, edit out the Nazis, start a bit more in front, you know, start putting some clothes on the women and characters, because on the original, you know, we had some more flesh being shown.
1: Because it's from the 30s, yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But uh, on the TV series, you can't do that, so, you know, straight uniform right from the start. And and I was like, okay, and now we gotta stretch this a lot. Yeah. So, this quite amazing piece of animation got washed down into you know the TV format and it still works for them so well because the, the was,
1: well the we thing go. is is like oh, go ahead no no sorry. it's sorry no no it's cut out it's cut out from so i'm sorry oh uh, uh, it's just that
3: uh if you war uh, if you ain't broken don't fix it and that's what basically settled down on filmation on that day it was like oh This is going to be our model. This is what it's going to make it work. And the thing (laughs) is that they keep getting all these, you know, deals of making series out of licensed characters because, oh, we need a Superman TV series. It's like, and we we don't have much money. Oh, Filmation's cheap. They can do a Superman series.
2: And so uh, I got to stop you right here. But
1: the other... Uh, other, uh, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, and then I've got something to say about all this.
2: I have to say that uh, one of our commentators is wrong. Uh, you, when you say cheap, it does sound like cheap, not sheep.
3: It does sound like
2: cheap. It does I was sound like cheap. said I said
3: cheap, but
2: he, he said, said that cheap. it sound like sheep. Well, well, what what happened was someone left a comment saying that every time Pablo says cheap, it sounds like sheep. <sighs>
1: oh, okay.
2: And uh, I have to just say, commenter. Uh, your name uh, is uh, Michael L. Uh, Don't be mean.
1: Okay, okay. Uh,
2: Pablo let does me, say me... cheap correctly.
1: Okay, we calling you out. Say, <laughs> let me say something about Filmation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We have Filmation actually to thank for syndication of like cartoons because mm-hmm. like prior to like say the Flash Gordon or He-Man like you would have to have an alliance with one of the the networks um now this was thankfully because what had happened is after the destruction of like Dumont and i think mutual back in like the 50s and 60s um there was the big three the big three networks and you had to have an alliance with one of the big three networks in order to get on tv but what happened is is that in the destruction of like these other networks there were a bunch of independent networks left over And Filmation took advantage of the fact that there were all these independent networks or like the fact that like Big Three eventually just like didn't have programming on all the time. They would rely upon the affiliates to fill that up. And Filmation stepped in and took advantage of all that and basically paved the way for like the Disney afternoon and such things like that. Um, I really feel like if they hadn't done that, like Disney probably would have just, probably accelerated the purchasing of a network instead of doing disney afternoon which would probably been disastrous for disney at the time because they they would not have been able to do it
0: you know i had a thought Uh, mm. or you did you have more to say no no it's okay okay well i was i had a thought about what what pablo was saying earlier um a lot of people they zero in on the rotoscoping with filmation but you know, if you look at the history of what Lou Scheimer did, he he had actually started out working for Larry Harmon, and he made oh no. he made some mm-hmm. of the most horrendous cartoons working for Larry Harmon. It was uh, the earliest yeah. ones were they, he did like the Bozo cartoons, and he also did those those really terrible Popeye cartoons
2: that oh God, don't yeah. get
0: aired anymore. Um, plus, you know, under Filmation, he also did uh, Archie, and Archie wasn't rotoscoped. But ironically no. enough, Josie and the Pussycats were in some in some cases, and uh, that was Hanna Barbera. So it's not just it's not just the rotoscoping that's problem with uh, I almost said Larry Harmon. The problem with the filmation. it's that uh, it's that it was so cheesy and cheap and it was lifeless. Oh. Like even even Roger Ramjet, which was like the the most bargain basement animation there was, was had so much more character than what uh, what anything filmation ever did. Is that the one that had the lips? No, you're thinking of uh, That's called Clutch cargo. Car Cargo. Clutch cargo. No. Roger <laughs> Ramjet is uh
1: Okay. Yeah, Filmation does make uh well yeah like I've noticed that watching the entire Star Trek uh animated series. Like Filmation like the reuse of animation I wouldn't say the rotoscoping is okay because it actually does add animation. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they make odd choices about shots like like the the camera is like the weirdest choices of shots and it's because they're trying to save money like the person who is talking has their back to you or i'm going to put kirk in the foreground and put the alien in the background and he's talking to the alien but we're going to cut it off right right under his nose so we can't see his lips moving that's a that is egregious the rotoscoping i'm okay with that because I've watched enough anime to know that, like, you know, the transformation sequence, that was hard. Let's do that once. Yeah. But when you make odd camera, you know, directorial choices just so that you don't have to animate lips moving, well, fuck you. Yeah, well, that's
0: they, a little all, it's like they almost always made the wrong choice. I mean, what you're talking about is kind of one of the symptoms of that was that when characters would talk to each other, sometimes it didn't look like they were look, even looking at each other. It was like they were one character was like looking way off into the distance, and yet the other character standing right in front of him. And that yeah. was that was a symptom of what you were just talking about the the weird perspective shots that they would try to do. It was almost always wrong.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's just that they they were trying so hard to save money that they would make these just or like. Watching He-Man and She-Ra, like, Trevor constantly would say, that establishing shot has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Order, order, order in the clubhouse. Yeah, in in the clubhouse. (laughs) And then I'd say, yeah, but, like, we've got three of those, and we just cycle them. So enjoy that background, kid.
3: (laughs) Well, we also have to remember people that, you know, now with digital editing, we can just swap backgrounds in a flash. But back then, we actually, there there was, even though uh, they did make it cheaper, and not cheaper, (laughs) uh, they 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 did make it cheaper.
1: Yeah, Uh, but this was actually an eye catch. Like, I think he didn't understand that, like... (laughs) Filmation used the eye catch a lot in He-Man and She-Ra, but in like this way of like every scene, there had to be scene change. There had to be an eye catch. There
2: had to be an establishing shot. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't, it was never an establishing shot. It was just one of three backgrounds that got cycled through to like, usually the sword would spin in front of it or something like that. Right. And someone worked very
0: hard on that painting.
1: Oh, I mean the, background, some of the backgrounds on like formation stuff are amazing, but then you get them see them reused, like in the case of like some Star Trek backgrounds made it into He-Man. It's and,
2: yeah. and There's also there's also a bad case of uh, you know because of just how they reuse it. There's a bad case of color burn. The more they reuse it.
1: Yeah, that's true. And but the one thing that they had going for them was they the music. Actually, the music wasn't terrible. Like listening to the formation, like especially Star Trek animated series has really good music. Then, like He-Man, Shira has pretty okay music for like a kids cartoon. Have because... a the
3: Latin American version of the opening. Oh, of well. He-Man. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's basically the same, but it, it it's just you know. 211 eleven. Eighties year. It actually had
0: lyrics. Uh, oh, oh my god. That's, yeah that's, I thank you Latin America El That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's
3: so great. great. It's it's and the singing is basically the the universe is protected by the power of Grayskull. Uh, and you know,
0: the usual <laughs> I don't know, that almost makes the song better. <laughs> almost?
1: almost? almost. Oh, another thing I did not know when I was reading up on Filmation was that they had done a live-action version of the Ghostbusters.
2: Oh, like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know. No, the live-action like,
2: show was before the cartoon and before the Columbia Pictures movie. Yeah.
1: I knew that they had licensed it. Like, I'd known that the Columbia Pictures movie had been licensed, but I wasn't sure, no, like, no, they, who they, they licensed it was,
2: It wasn't licensed as no, much No, no, not
1: licensed, yeah. They it, paid for the name, right? Yeah.
2: Well, it was a lawsuit, and what happened was, it was it was agreed that no one could confuse uh, two idiots and an ape with with three scientists and uh, Ernie Hudson. So, <laughs> well, actually, Ernie Hudson's the most badass of, of yeah. the out of them all. Like but, I think
1: Hudson. they ended, I think they ended up I think I'm reading it, and they ended up eventually like just paying some money, saying, "Here you go." Yeah.
2: What what they did was yeah. they also agreed that if they were give, ever gonna make a cartoon about the film about the Columbia Pictures movie, they can't call it hmm. Ghostbusters, so that's why. Call
1: it oh, Ghostbusters.
2: Yes, because as a fuck, cute. as a fuck you to Lou Scheimer. And- Here's oh. some
0: money. Here's some money. The title of our show is going to be a dig on yours.
2: And then, and then, the funny thing is, Lou actually went to Columbia and said, "Here is, are the character designs for me doing a cartoon based off of your movie." And then they said, fuck "We're you. going to Deke."
1: And what's, what's hilarious is, is that this is all based on a cartoon by Disney back in the 30s. So, like, fuck everyone.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, that's why whenever I hear anyone say something like, oh, you stole my idea, I'm like, okay, no idea is fucking original, so don't even start.
2: Well, the funny thing is Ghostbusters is going to be a lot more supernatural than scientific because uh, because Dan Ackroyd, yeah. who co-wrote – Yeah, obsessed is- with it. It, he has so many crystal skulls you wouldn't even believe.
1: Well, it's because like he he was really affected by Belushi's yeah. death to the point where he just is like crazy.
0: When you do so, you know a movie about ghosts, you've pretty much thrown science out the window. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, but then they added the science stuff, and it didn't didn't have time travel in the end, which is <laughs> time travel. <laughs>
2: Well, there's plenty of dogs oh, think, living together.
1: Was that about the time he quit coke? Because that would explain why there was no time travel in the fa-
2: in the final version. Yeah, and uh, Ecto One had some supernatural powers, like if there were parking tickets on, it would burn. They would burn.
1: Uh, uh
2: In in the original, yeah. and lots of things that Harold Ramis and Bill Murray cut out because they're like, we're scientists, man.
1: Well, I think also because they're like, hey, Dan, you're not as cool as us. Sorry nice idea we'll fix it from here
2: and uh yeah harold Ramis's contributions are under undertoned there but i, th- I think harold ramus hmm. really did lots of clean up on that
1: oh he definitely did like him and and ivan reichman
2: fixed and, uh, the movie a lot and bill murray's ad-libbing just made the movie gold
1: well i mean all all of them ad-libbed through it because they were all like SeTV and snl and
2: yeah, but, but Bill Murray's, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Yeah, we he bold.
1: definitely, yeah, he is the man. Let's see here.
2: What, Neil? I said, we bowled,, <laughs> Yeah, Dave Collier's nowhere near as cool as... Uh, I know. As Lorenzo oh, Music. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm
2: looking I at I, 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 You know, oh. I always cry when I remember the day the music died. Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> okay, but back to Lou Scheimer. Yes, the Ghostbusters was a live action show, and they did do other live action shows like uh, Jason Star Command mm-hmm. and uh, yep. Space Academy. And uh, and the the thing is, uh, Filmation was 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 kind of known for like doing. And, and the funny thing is, goes Ghost, the Ghostbusters was actually. Like, an educational cartoon, if you believe it. I I don't even know. I I, I only saw a couple of five-minute clips of it. I don't see how it was supposed to be educational.
1: It was Uh, about that time when all cartoons had to be. Well, it
2: wasn't. No, it was the live-action show was. Educational.
1: Oh, live-action show. Well, I know that, like, during that time, there was a, like, push. Like, oh, in the 70s, yeah, there was a push for educational in the 70s as well. Maybe they just
0: did what they did with the cartoon, which was to put a PSA at the end.
2: Today's episode was about friendship.
0: (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, in the 70s, it was big to have, like, that sort of thing. Then it sort of died off for a while. And then in the 80s, they then required it because they were, like, noticing that. Because you have to understand that He-Man is actually unique in that it's the first cartoon based on a toy that for a long time. Like, like, the G.I. Joe cartoon, the way that they got away with that was they said, oh, well, that's actually, like, based on some comic books, Whereas He-Man, they, they were like, no, this is a this is a t- toy direct to a cartoon. Yes. So that's part of the reason that those PSA things got, like, required was because what had happened in the 70s was everyone was just sort of doing it because it was the thing that they were doing, and then everyone just realized they didn't have to do it. But, so, the, the
2: funny thing is lots, fun of, of lots of animators we know, Pablo included, love to, like, Recreate the filmation look in their own shorts. That uh, Pablo yep. sent us the uh, a story <laughs> where a super super powered secretary gets kidnapped with yeah. very filmation esque animation. And yep. the, the funny thing is, a uh, friend of the show and the early early guest up, uh, Harry Partridge has a whole He Man pastiche character named Bostar. And, oh yeah! And the thing is, the thing is, it down to the color palette. He is like one of the best. Riffs, filmation I've ever of he man specifically I've ever seen. I mean, Neil, add add on to this.
0: Uh, I don't. I can't really say much more. You know what? I'll I'll say that it's it's got a a bit too much unique animation to be totally like filmation, but (laughs)
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. What about that uh, the uh, U.S.S. uh, Farragut animation they did while they were having production issues that was pretty dead on because they were they were sort of in the same boat
3: well one of the things that filmation has uh, when people are trying to make fun of it is the same problem when people try to you know make fun of anime and they overdo it (laughs) it's like we're gonna spend millions of dollars in order to make this look cheap it's sort of like grindhouse (laughs) with planet terror (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it you, were, you could you could do a better parody of filmation if you would just do like popsicle popsicle stick puppets that right, would be yeah. more in the spirit of filmation than like going out of your way to duplicate the style
2: right Cause it's, it's almost so always it wrong more. but like i said the, like i said i you know ha- harry partridge's bow star in the cal champions of galastro is Pretty, pretty close, you know.
0: Yeah. What was that <laughs> yeah. other one that was like a, a riff on Rankin Bass? Uh,
2: oh, was, you're talking about the Star. It's you're talking about the Space Stallions. That was much more space accurate
0: stallions. to 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 Rankin Bass than Bo Star <laughs> was to Filmation, I think. That was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, oh my god, it brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> it was so beautiful.
3: Mother Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> Power of the horse, uh,
2: full force.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even with the small gimmicks, like the toy related things for toys that never existed, like, you know, the mask that goes into the chest. Yeah. Yes. It's time for intermission, boys
0: and girls. The pull bag is the GCRN's place for everything you need in the comic book world. We focus on new and current comics, while also tackling a few back issues here and there. So join the entire DCRN crew and see what issues the hosts have with today's panels. You can find the pullback on iTunes and geekcastradio.com. Make your great escape into comics. What's wrong? Feeling pixelated? Well excuse me princess. Hi this is TV's Mr. Neil. Join Blanchard and me as we sit down to watch some... classic video game-based cartoons. Super Mario Brothers, Sonic, Zelda, Captain N, and more. A total of nine cartoons spanning 100 episodes. You can check out Pixels in the Animation on the GeekCast Radio Network at geekcastradio.com. Tell me, the
4: transmission!
5: I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com transform and roll out and now back to the show
0: but you know we've been we've been talking about filmation all this time and we should really talk more about uh about lou scheimer himself because um obviously he just died and uh um you know i guess we should start out the thing that i always associate him with most is his goofy voice like Mm. in a lot of cartoons he would he would actually do the voices of a lot of background characters and he was also the okay. voice of Orko. He was the voice of that broom in uh, in Shira. He was Dumb Donald, and uh,
1: he was King Randor in yeah, He-Man and. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd say about two thirds of the time his voice was sped up, and he always he always yeah. had this voice that was like he, he is unimitatable. I can't really describe his voice. It always sounded like he was he was trying to put he was trying to make his mouth into like a TARDIS, where it was like more space on the inside than there was <laughs> on the outside. You see, and I. I can't imitate it, but it's so weird. I, I don't know how he did it. And it sounded even he weirder to. when it sped up.
1: You know. uh, it, it, but, yeah. You've to be
5: born with it.
1: And he, he seems to have just kept trying to get into animation because, you know, the we all know about the uh, his... Return to animation in the nineties. After... Oh yeah, <laughs> yep, y'all weird. got a copy of that on the shelf.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you for y'all. that.
1: No problem. I accidentally bought two copies of that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I goodness. do that? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Robin and the Dreamweavers. Yeah. Well, you know that he tried. To, he thought. But I mean I? Okay. The thing, we've I, we've already gone over this one, but I'll say it again. He was trying to do what everyone else was doing in the 90s, like so it was adult in that. Cartoons well, every yeah, everyone was doing adult cartoons at that point. Like okay, okay there was Cool World, for instance. Um, the world was then Quagmire. <laughs> yeah, I know it was, and then there was Stripperella. Oh, uh, what else <laughs> came out about that? There were like tons of those things. Darkness. So you know,
0: Stripperella was like two. It was like two thousand four, wasn't that? Yeah,
2: Duckman.
1: But it was started. It was. I think it was started in the nineties because I remember reading about it like hmm. around like ninety six. No, no, 98, I think. Well, when I did you get that lap
2: dance? <laughs> that's, that's that. That's right. Stanley did steal the idea from a stripper.
1: Yep. But yeah, it was. It, it made sense for the time. I guess for the time that you know, let's do a. Adult cartoons, you know, anime is popular and shit. Is,
2: is that when the that uh, that the uh, Fairchild cartoon pilot came out? Fairchild.
0: You're not talking <sighs> about Gen 13. Yes. Oh, that shit. <laughs> That's another thing I have <laughs> a Kevin DVD copy directed. of, but I don't know why.
3: Oh, if, if you if you ever want to, you know, throw it to uh you know. Garbage bin or something. Remember, you're wise down here. We always get the garbage from all of you guys because we don't produce any of us. And I actually am fond of Kevin Altieri's Gen 13 animated pilot. I actually scouted uh, before the days of the internet. I tried to find that movie and I never could. I yeah. eventually found it. I have a an MPG copy somewhere, oh, but. Right. Uh, And that's good. I was reading Gen 13 last night actually, because I found an old uh, Gail Simone written uh, trade paperback, which was quite decent. Uh,
2: The the artist was Carlo Barbieri. Oh, see, it's always important to ask who the artist is on Gen 13. See, Mm. I
0: know, I know that movie had Caitlin Fairchild, but it was really not that special.
2: I know. I know. It was directed
3: by Kevin Altieri, who did uh, some episodes of uh, Batman: The Animated Series, and also the "Do the Evolution" video, music video.
2: I, I know, but the there TV. was something there was something off with it, and we were, we're di- digressing away from Lou Scheimer and well, his animation and that yeah, story. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say just one last thing: it had it had the symptom of being episodes strung together. That's kind of what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, that going back to Lou Shimer himself, and also episodes being strung together, uh, the big thing with Lou Shimer, the thing that he even got you know, letters of appreciation for, was that, again that he kept all the production of uh, this TV series, this cartoon series, in America. He actually uh, got money to make stuff. He paid uh, his employees. But there wasn't much room to innovate when it came to, you know, uh, deadlines. Because of course they yeah. were working, ten, uh, they they were cranking ten times more uh, episode footage than any other uh, animation studio anywhere. Of course, most of that was recycled, reused, and all, but as I was saying, this was before digital animation, now we can just loop things and move it all over the screen, over and over again, like my X-Men Cartoon Maker software teach me. Uh, But (laughs) now, back then, we actually had to, you know, print uh, drawings uh, on plastic sheets, then Color them by hand, then place them on top of a hand-drawn background. Then have a photograph, have it photographed. Then move that. It, this was actual physical labor. Uh, the animation industry wasn't uh, that much, uh, you know, this weird independent art form. No, this making any animation back then meant a lot of time and a lot of money invested. And um, mm. Lou always saw it as, you know, this is what I do, uh, I I am in the animation industry, I am the guy that makes, I don't know, the blankets for the army, only it's cartoons for the children. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there was this time that eventually everybody we found, I don't know, a, a new fabric and he had to find a new market, so he went, oh, adults, that's right, adults, let's go with adults, uh, yep. most of the yeah. 90s uh, sexual animation is probably mostly not not just because uh, Japanese imports came here and they made it, they gave it a different approach to everything it's also trying not to lose the the te- the teenager audience that was brought as a children in the 80s because they didn't have any bridge media uh, this is something well, I, I hear yeah. you, go go
1: no, so, yeah, it's part well, it's yeah, now that i th- hearing you talk about that, it is part of what happened in America. Like in the eight I would say up until about the eighties, there was a big market around children. But if you were in the 90s, you noticed that cartoons were disappearing from um from like broadcast television. There was less emphasis on like children's programming. Uh children's programming was actually starting to look more like adult programming and that the same product, products that were being pushed to adults were also being pushed to kids, like in the case of the Batman movies and then the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been going on for a while. It got more so in the 90s, almost like it was like, well, we're done with kids. Like, And you kind of feel that in America now. Like, There's this sort of feeling like kids are sort of now just sort of not a main focus. So I think you're right that, like, turning to adult animation was the right thing to do, because, like, well, for instance, the Boomers had already had all their kids, and their kids were turning into teenagers, but no one, like, the Gen Xers hadn't had their kids yet. And the Gen Xers wouldn't have their kids until the 2000s.
2: Right. At the same same time, you definitely see that, you know, animation, you know, animation is being very strongly segregated now, where, you know, the stuff that are, is just for kids is really, really dumb. And the stuff that, you know, at the same time, there are people that are fighting for really good for all ages.
1: Well, there's there's something going on in that people used to be paid a lot more, uh, like for kids' shows and such. And nowadays, you do not get paid very well from doing kids' shows. Like, you cannot make a real living off of it. You'll probably use this as a stepping stone to go somewhere else. Because... The thing is, is that like if you hear about like how much writers are paid now and it's like, holy Jesus, that's fucking low compared to like what their 80s counterparts were making. So, of course, like if you pay shit wages, you're going to get shit. So and there's really honestly that's happening everywhere. But it seems to be happening mostly in kids cartoons because it's like, oh, this is just for selling kids toys. We don't have to pay these people. Well, right. oh, there's yeah. a
3: lot of yeah. that when it comes to animation right here, because, you know, mm-hmm. basically in the 80s it was, oh, we have toys to sell, let's make cartoons, and they put up yeah. the money because that was their way, you know, to have a, yeah. a commercial on the air, make people aware of this product. The same was with with the 70s uh, Super Friends. It was like most of us probably picked up a, a comic book with Superman on it because they'd seen mm-hmm. Super Friends. and yeah. And most of that have, has been lost quite quite a bit. And actually, many independent uh, smaller studio efforts to make uh, a decent animation programming that's uh, up for all ages, it gets taken down because uh, networks just want to sell toys. It happened to Motor City and Tron. Uh, mm with Disney XD, even though lots of 20 year olds were watching them and loving it and appreciating it, like, oh, this animation, this is awesome and all of that. Oh, oh, but kids uh,
1: aren't buying the Happy Meal toys. It's like, what? So, yeah, it's down. Well, like, uh, um, okay, so like, uh, for instance, like over at Cartoon Network, um, like they're they chose to do Steven Universe over basically being Puppycat just because they were like well this will sell more to kids whereas being Cat is more for like adults where I'm like no kids would totally watch being Cat. like it's cute and yes there are some things that adults might understand a little better but that's what cartoons were like when I was a kid there were things that you know said that were way over my head and then when I got older I appreciated that but it seems yeah i think it's they are dumbing things down cuz they just don't well for one thing people don't give kids a lot of credit these days they think kids are all fucking tards and oh no they can't go outside they'll break their fucking bones or yeah make, this reminds me of
2: a, this reminds me yeah. of a discussion i had with a, with a, with a coworker where the coworker says this was when smurfs 2 came out and he says he's got to take his daughter to see the smurfs 2 i'm like why would you He's like, well, you don't understand. You're not a parent. You have to. I'm like, no, if I was a parent, I wouldn't take my kids to see shit.
1: Well, you know, I mean, like I understand taking kid to the movie because I'm sure like there's some things I remember from when I was a kid, like Lady Lovely Locks, which are just you know, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I cannot believe I watched. No, I, that. I, but the thing yeah. is,
2: if I ever have kids, I wouldn't take them to see any old animated whatever. I would, I would like say this is a good movie, this is a bad movie. You're only going to get see good movies unless you want to see a bad <laughs> movie for ironic purposes you know what you do
1: what my dad said and said okay you get to choose a movie and you get to go see it and if it sucks it's your fault that's a lot of pressure on it
0: but you know what uh there's a weird phenomenon now that i've noticed (laughs) talking (laughs) no not that uh talking to other people about old cartoons is that nowadays when they look at these old cartoons that have uh have uh why that's meant for like all ages they look at it and they go why is there an adult joke in with with all the kids like like why is there a reference to uh i don't know ed Wynn in a cartoon Mm -hmm. made for six-year-olds why would anyone do that i'm like so that there's a joke for the adults that's that used to be a common practice and people i
1: know i don't i don't know
0: why but people have lost that lost that mentality now it's like no
1: we gotta get that back
2: why why is there why is there a paul lind character (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah okay here's here's the thing i think what it really honestly is is that parents don't actually watch it with their kids anymore i would like there's, I, well i mean that you would but the thing is is that it's not just because they don't choose to watch it but think about like how we talk about a lot about how tv is like a babysitter for kids yeah if if yeah. if the parents are not watching why are you getting why are you even aiming this towards the parents so there's a little bit of that going on in that the parents are not watching anymore, so fuck it. We don't have to I, like I, try.
2: And the
3: thing is, and when, those, I was, when I was when I was, watched I was... It complain about uh, it having adult jokes, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like
1: you did this yeah. for
0: me. Because, well,
1: like, fuck like, why do, no. you. Yeah, well, exactly. Funny My little precious can hear that. As a kid, well,
0: funny... <laughs> as a kid, I I loved those jokes. Even if I didn't get them, I'd be like, what's this funny voice this guy is doing? And it made me like try to search this out. It's like who is he oh, impersonating? Yeah. Edwin. All right. And that what Gators supposed to be
2: you know example of this is when when I was a child, my parents made sure I only watched like one hour of TV a day, yeah when I was when yeah. I was a child and and they always made sure what that one hour was and I sort of like you know grew up that way so yeah,
1: well, yeah I was forbidden to watch certain things until a certain age, you know, but it was and video games were limited to like only the weekends. No, I don't think, like, they actually, that was actually a bad thing that they did that to me. But, you know, anyway, uh, it made me sneaky as shit. Well, Uh, it made
2: you want it more when you got a chance to do it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I found out how to play video games behind their back. So, you
2: know, (laughs) I found
1: out how to, I also found out how to, uh, you know, hook things up when they were, they thought they could disconnect things. And I'd be like, no, I don't think you can.
0: Yeah, when you need so, to ask when you need to ask the kid to set the VCR, you should know that that he or she understands electronics. Yeah, TV. they they could
1: they, they, they know how to
2: get the they know how to get the Sega onto the TV. Yeah,
1: yeah. After a certain age, they they couldn't really keep anything from me. It was just they finally just gave up because they realized that I was the one who was setting up the stereo equipment every time we moved. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I think it's really honestly that parents don't spend time with their kids watching and it, it's not, it's mostly because of the kind of society that we have. And because of this, they don't have to try. So they don't have to pay for writers and they don't have to. And in the case of like My Little Pony, the animation, this comes up a lot because I, I see so many errors in the animation and it's like, did, did you run this by anyone? Like, before you aired it like they're not even like things like oh like derpy no it's like no wings don't attach that way and i think it's just because they just churn them out now there's really honestly no quality control because they just they just want it on the air so that they can run a press release saying we have a cartoon on the air and so many kids ro- watch it and they buy the toys you they're know
0: mediocrity is forever
1: yeah exactly And then the funny thing is, is that the kids are still watching the same shit that I was watching when I was a kid, which my parents were watching when they were kids. Because whenever I talk to my little cousins, what are they watching? Hanna-Barbera. They're watching Looney Tunes. And it's like, that's the same shit I was watching when I was a kid. And that's the same shit my dad was watching when he was a kid. And that's the same shit my grandparents were watching when they were young. So it's like, fuck, let's just put Looney Tunes back on the air.
2: Minus Bring back Toonheads! Heads.
1: Yeah! Well, anyway, uh, now that's an we're, we're, educational cartoon I can new...
2: stand behind. What
1: would you say, Pablo?
3: No, that at least we're seeing the beginnings of a new era now. We're oh, yeah, comes know. to crowdfunding mostly. I mean, I know
1: it's exciting.
3: We, we're halfway where, when it comes to uh, BM Publicat, um, but uh, for instance, uh, with Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, it's like you want a new Mega Man game. Well, Capcom ain't giving it to you. However, Mega Man's creator is going to do the exact same thing, only better by his own. Do you, he only needs money? Do you want to
1: buy the game in advance? Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's exciting. It is. It is exciting, but it's also kind of like I'm sort of worried about like this because this new Kickstarter thing. Because a lot of people have started like mistaking successful kickstarter with funded kickstarter like that someone gets funded and then did they deliver and Uh. i i mean like i'm bringing it for instance like comic rocket like they did a kickstarter for uh an ios app and one of the stretch goals was an android app well they got the stretch goal for the android app and they released an android app it has been almost a year, and they have not released an iOS app or shown any screenshots or any progress. Mm. And it's like, and I've seen several other projects like Double Fine has been really bad about this lately. They fund new Kickstarter, they get new Kickstarters basically started with older Kickstarters. Like they do a Kickstarter, and they've got the for the game, and then they do a Kickstarter that uses bonuses from the previous kickstarter whenever that's finished and i'm like i i think that this is good that we're doing crowdsourcing but i think maybe there needs to be a little bit of uh like buyer beware what's well i think the word is is like i want some assurance like maybe i should be able to have a little bit more hey like you know back in the days when we used to buy stock in the old way when we'd have a vote and shit we could go back to that that'd be great but anyway, that's me. That's a, that's digressing. But it is exciting well, uh, that like we have funding because the banks ain't doing it no more. Mm.
2: But anyways, it's anyways, back to the Shimer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's uh, as as Neil puts it out, his career did start with one of the most controversial uh, uh, characters in uh, children entertainment, uh, and uh, I think yeah. you Neil know, will just give a very brief overview of this very shady character. <laughs> Larry Harmon? Yes.
0: Oh, Larry Harmon. Yeah. Oh, he's a douche.
2: <laughs> claims he was it. Bozo. Done.
0: <laughs> Done. Yeah, he he claims was he was in. Bozo. Actually, well, he was Bozo, but he was not the original. It was Pinto Colvig, who was goofy. Yeah. The character goofy. Yeah, is, I'm not saying he was
2: strange. But,
0: uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what I had previously said about Larry Harmon. He.
2: Charlatan? Thief? Asshole?
0: I wouldn't say thief. I would just say liar and leave it at that.
4: <laughs>
0: God, man. Because he he bought the Bozo franchise from Capitol Records, and, and that's how he got to own it. He also owns uh, Laurel and Hardy for some. I don't know how the fuck he got that, but yeah, he... uh,
1: it might have been that he got the negatives. Because like I do know that prior to the 90s, if you own the negatives of something, you own the rights. Uh, and there were a lot of studios that were tossing out negatives like in the mid part of the 20th century because they're like, fuck, we need to get rid of this shit. And they didn't remember that copyright was tied to the actual print.
2: So Larry Harmon was a dumpster yeah. diver.
1: Yeah, basically, he probably was. <laughs> I mean, that is how a lot of like, you see, like, why the fuck does this person have the rights to this? And it's because. They if you got the negatives and the reason we, that no longer happens is, is because of Ted Turner, when Ted Turner raided MGM for one day to get the entire film library and then he sold it the next day because he wanted Gone with the Wind and the entire film library. And then he said, fuck it. I don't need the studio. I got what I want. And then after that, they changed the law because they were like, that's fucking dangerous. So. Yes, Ted
2: Turner is a very dangerous person. The power is yours. Oh,
1: but uh, but that's probably how he got it because I know about that. And so yeah, you can add Dumpster Diver to his
0: resume. Yeah, his resume. But do you remember the new Scooby movies when when the Scooby when the Scooby Gang uh, did a crossover with Laurel and Hardy? That was yeah. actually yes. a crossover with an actual Laurel and Hardy cartoon series. And you could see you could see episodes of this on Larry Harmon's website. He, it's one of the few Hanna-Barbera-produced cartoons that Hanna-Barbera does not still own.
2: I don't think they want to.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh... I've
1: seen it before, but, it... yeah, and it was weird, but...
0: Yeah, it's very strange. It's like that and the Globetrotters cartoon. They don't own that either.
2: Um, Everyone the... knows the Globetrotters are actually an alien race of uh, yeah. superhumans that... Uh...
0: No, not not Super Globetrotters. No, there no, was, I'm not was... talk...
2: No, Futurama. Oh yeah! Oh, oh god, yeah!
1: The truth, you know?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is out there.
1: Yes.
2: Even Atomic yeah. Superman could not stop the Globetrotters.
1: But could Giant Spock?
2: <laughs> but but, but I the bet point remains. But the, but the point remains that uh, that yes, uh, Lou Scheimer started his career with Larry Harmon and uh, and. You know, as is, is much as as good that Lou did, and all the bad that he did in, in his career, it, it is sad whenever anyone in the animation industry that has connections with everyone from Bruce Tim to Paul Dini to uh, to John Kay to Glenn Kennedy is gone, and because he because the thing is he employed like eighty five percent of the rising stars in nineties animation,
0: and you could you could argue that. Uh... The reason why his studio stayed in America for so long is because he was doing all the cheap things that we complain about. So, in a way, he kind of kept jobs going, even though he was producing crap.
2: That, that's that's true. But in the end, in the end, it's a you know even Paul Dini said that that model wasn't going to work anymore. Yeah. And if yeah. if Lou adapted even a little bit, there he would be able to keep some jobs versus closing outright. That's true. And, and Paul Dini said this, and, and the funny thing is, when they did the special on Lou in filmation in the history of Filmation, Paul Dini was the only one that agreed to be interviewed.
0: Because uh, <laughs> you knew John K. wasn't going to show up.
2: Oh, well, he, John, I think John K. would want to show up, it's just that they would cut the whole interview. He'd be like, let
0: me yeah. tell you something about Lou. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's sad that it was just like a model that wasn't going to continue for forever, and that he was... It, unfortunately the the big boys had moved on to cheaper pastures and, and let's be fair that not
2: everything was animated in the u.s the zorro filmation cartoon yeah, was, no, animated, was animated by yes. tms and by some magic ability lou Shimer got bad results out of tms
1: well the, maybe he had the lou Shimer touch
0: but you know, yeah it, it... that Ooh, reminds me of something uh back before the, he produced the fat albert cartoon there was a different fat albert cartoon produced by someone else and i yes. read an interview with one of the guys who made that and they commented on the filmation fat albert they described it as reverse alchemy and that's that's pretty apt <laughs> third, turning third gold percent. into lead
1: <laughs> yeah i i i've only seen like screenshots from the original uh fat albert and, I mean, Trevor and I have been trying to hunt it down because, you know, we'd like to see it. Yeah. And yeah, if, you can,
2: that, if you can find that and the day the clown cried, I will be forever in your debt. I yeah. think
1: that finding that second one is, like, going to get
2: me killed.
1: So, um, <laughs> so I think I will try to just continue to find, hey, 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 it's Fat Albert.
0: Yeah, the sad Ooh, thing about that is it. that there is another one that's even more lost than that. There was a second Fat Albert special that never even aired, and Bill Cosby put the kibosh on it because he was like, "Well, this is too weird. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go to filmation and we'll produce it correctly." The,
2: the guy who wow. made wow. Leonard Part Six kiboshed something.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, here it is. It's hey hey hey. Fat, it's Fat Albert, which was originally a short, and I think they did a couple of. A couple of episodes under an old Disney artist, but it went so terrible they went to Filmation, which actually had a Disney animator as well. So, yeah, Um, I will try to find this. But like I said, anytime I've tried to find it, it's just like I only find screenshots and like people just going, fuck, man, I don't even know.
0: As far as I know, no one has it
1: well there's a clip I found a clip of it yeah I did too
0: I think it's like it's like the football scene I think
1: that's the scene like that's the only thing i've ever been able to find yeah. and like trevor says it's like it's like asking for it is like what the fuck
0: yeah that that clip is the only known footage we we actually put that audio in an episode and that's yep. that's like i, mean, I the don't animation, even, i don't even know how they got that
1: probably it was something that was like on another re- cuz like uh you have to keep in mind that like There are a lot of people who raided TV stations when they just started getting rid of their video library. Like, they started throwing out tapes, throwing out uh, film and shit like that. And there were people who collected this shit. In fact, like, a lot of the YouTube, uh, like, commercial uh, compilations and stuff are because people raided these TV stations and gotten it. And what I can imagine is, is that somebody got an old reel and was like, fuck, okay, that has to be you know, copied. Yeah. So that's probably where it was probably like a commercial or mm. something like that. And I mean the animation, like I have to say like the animation style, like is interesting, but, yeah. but when you see fat Albert, then it just gets all weird.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> not the film. It's not the fat Albert, you know, at all. It's, it's totally strange. And it's, it's that kind of strange that I like. It's that seventies strange. It's, it's, and it's, yeah.
1: it's, it's I drugs. really want to see it. <laughs> But, well, I like uh, he's wearing a suit. He's like all professional and shit. Yeah,
2: you
1: know. And uh, another thing
2: to keep in mind is Fat Albert ran non-consecutively for almost a decade. Yeah. Because because what happened was every because Bill would like show up and be like, "Okay, Lou, you ready? No, not yet. Okay, I'll be back in six months. Okay, Lou, you, are you ready? More okay." little
5: Fizzle, let's make some cartoons, you see. <laughs>
1: Big <laughs> deal.
2: Now, what you have to do is 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 quote the episode two monologue with the fat Albert voice, not with the Bill Cosby voice. Oh god. Episode two. That was the funniest oh, thing the film. That was the funniest thing the film pigs ever did. That was that was DVD podblast. blast. Oh, I'm I got them confused. Damn, I'm sorry. Well, it's easy
0: to get them confused.
2: But uh, but the point is that was hilarious because one of them read the whole opening crawl with the Bill Collins It was,
0: voice. it is gold. What episode did we did we stick that in? I, <laughs> I have no
2: idea. <laughs> episode two <of> attacking <laughs> at the close. It
0: was something to do with Star Wars. I know that because that was the only re- that was the only excuse. Star Wars cartoons. Yeah, that might have been it.
2: <laughs> with but it's the like, point remains is uh, is you know Luchaimer is neither a hero nor a villain. He,
1: he was a man doing what he had to do.
2: What he had to do, and some of the times I understand his decisions, other times I cringe at his decisions, and one time I threw up because of his decisions. Oh, and so, and so right. did your husband, Kitty Hawk. Yeah, that's true. A reverse
0: peristaltic chain reaction.
2: <laughs> yes, it, it yeah. happened. Robin and yes. the Three Weavers, I threw up. Kitty Palmer Hawk's husband. Up. Yeah.
1: He threw up. Yeah, like, I have to say with Lou Scheimer, I actually admire him for just keeping at it. Like he just kept at it and there are, we're talking about him right now. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: I got to give it to him. He has, he has the keep you know, he kept on going to it and regardless of what people said about him, you know, he's a lot like the boars in this way. (laughs) In that he stuck around regardless of what people said about him. And in the end, he's sort of like, uh, like escaped that 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 stigma
1: just by sticking to it. And like I said, if it wasn't for him, a lot of like the syndicated cartoons probably would have been like delayed. Yes. And also and also toy cartoons were you know he is like he was on the forefront of that. So I mean like he he did do some things. I mean he's not remembered fondly because the animation was kind of spotty. But the thing is is like I recognize that he was trying. He didn't have the resources that he probably should have started with, and he said, fuck it, we'll do it live.
2: And another good <laughs> example of this is, uh, another thing I have to be thankful for him for, is he did, like I said, employ lots of the rising stars of the 90s. Yeah, he did. That's true.
1: And writers, especially writers yes. and musicians, like, he is responsible for launching a lot of people's careers, so he's like Roger Corman in that way. Like, you yes. know, we, we people bitch about Roger Corman, but the thing is, is that Roger Corman launched a lot of careers, and, and I still remember fondly that, that rubber hand waving back and forth at the end of the fantastic four movie.
2: <laughs> so uh, it can so be yes.
0: truthfully stated that Lou left a legacy behind him.
2: Yes. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, and not just
3: positive. He, he, in some way, he also sort of lowered the bar enough so that many people would go, Hey, we can get into animation too, and lots of TV shows that evolved from that. Uh, yep. People being inspired by, you know, limited animation in America, uh, eventually ended up doing great things, in my
0: opinion. He's yeah. like yeah, the kid in art class every day. He's like the kid in art class where, you know, if you're like, oh man, my art is terrible, you look at his and you're like, you know, I'm not that bad.
1: <laughs> and, here's, and here's another thing We have to thank him for saving Star Trek Because I really feel like If there wasn't the animated series Probably we wouldn't have seen the movie We would not have seen the movies I'm going to have him saying it, that He
2: saved it for long enough For for, uh, for Nicholas Meyer to save the to, to save it on the big screen And, and Nicholas Meyer yeah. Saved it on the big screen just long enough For J.J. Uh, Abrams exactly. to destroy it
1: Yeah well but we got next Hey, we got Next Gen. We got some good movies. So, Lou Scheimer, thank you for, for saving Star Trek and also for popularizing superheroes so that we could have some awesome shit in the 80s. No, right yeah, now. Thank you very, yeah. very, very
3: much. And, and I on hope this pause, you're punching Hitler with your father in and beyond.
2: And, <laughs> and uh, on on this positive note, uh, let's wrap up. Uh, Lou Scheimer, his, the history of Lou Scheimer, and we are sad that he is gone Despite what we say on past episodes, you know, it is always a tragedy whenever someone hey, so this much history is gone.
1: I'm going to say this, he's in heaven now with the repeating cloud backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, all right. This year's Ben with TV's Mr. Neal.
1: <laughs> and Kitty Hawk of Sparkling Generation Valkyrie Yuki at com. sexy fun. I'm Pablo
3: Prino and we're saying goodnight. <laughs> yes. Night. Jello pudding pops.
1: Billy Billy Pops! Dip doo! Episode 2
5: Attack of the Clones! <laughs> We're gonna be so Attacker on what the five There's a rest of the galactic cobbled <laughs> Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave <laughs> The <laughs> Savage's movement is the sweet <laughs> <laughs> Bring it home. Bring it home. Senator. <laughs> Senator The <Almodella, laughs> Former queen of the bamboo <laughs> Is returning to the galactic credit to vote on critical issue of Korea. You're a real Four dots? Well done. Four dots? You know what? That ain't right. That was one. the best picture pages I think I've <laughs> ever seen. Wow. That was good. Bro! Right on, you see, the kids, they listen to the rap music, which gives them the brain damage with their hippin' and the hoppin' and the bippin' and the bopping, so they don't know what the jazz is all about! Kids, 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 kids listen to the rap music. music, music. Kids, 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 listen to the rap music, music, music. What do you like to play? Pokemon! 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 like to play. Pokemon! 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 Pokemon. You see? The kids, they listen to the rap, which gives them the brain damage. You see? With their pippin' and the hoppin' and the pippin' and the boppin', so they don't know what the jazz is all about! You see? Jazz is like jello pudding. No! Actually, it's more like Kodak. rope, what do you think candy is made out of? Pokemon. Pokemon? No, no. actually, candy is more like Colac film. See, here I go, down the slope. Oh, I'm going zip-zop, bottom. It's okay, take your time. Do you remember what he looked like? I had an uncle named Stewie, and he used to sell bicycles. look at
2: Did, did we already give our congratulations to Anina getting uh, the Oscar nomination? Wait, wait. Is it the official
3: Oscar nomination already? I, I didn't find out about that. I, oh, what?
2: I thought... I thought Oh, it's not an official nomination. Okay, I thought it was. I, I, well, well, I, here, here's the thing.
3: Um, there's the uh, f- best foreign language film, right? Mm-hmm. Category. And mm. um, you always, you know, get to see, like four or five films nominated. It's like, and the nominees are this thing and that thing. And the thing is, uh, almost every country actually nominates uh, a movie for that category. And, well, Uruguay uh, has nominated like 13 films so far. And this year's is Anina, actually by Rebound, because the actual highest voted film to represent us, which is a documentary based on a football club, you know, soccer club, that uh, also doubled as a whorehouse and is now a church. Um, (laughs) But uh, given that they didn't have the 35 millimeter version or the HD version, and they had to deliver the copy in like four days, and it actually costs a lot of money, they went, oh, we can do this. Uh, So the second most voted was Anina, and so now Anina is one out of 63 films uh, running for best foreign language film. And probably the only animated one.
1: That's awesome, though.
3: That is still closer than any of us have gotten.
1: I know, seriously. (laughs) That's excellent, dude.
3: Well, thank you very much. I'm, uh, we're all very nervous or proud of, uh, of it because, you know, there's a, there's also, like, all the people that uh, were like, yeah, I want to see it, but uh, now they're like, oh, where can I see that film? It's like, it's not <laughs> in theaters anymore. But uh, there's actually a, a thing called uh, Efecto Cine, which is uh, like a, a tour with a projector. They go to public places. You just take a chair and sit and watch the movie, and it's yeah. all for free and all legal, so... Oh, cool!
2: That is very, very cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is. indeed. Uh,
2: how you how so you feeling?
3: Uh, myself. Yes. About it. Uh, about, about
2: about your about everything. What's going on?
3: Uh, I. I sorry, it's just uh, I've been like. Uh, it's been like five days. You know, remember when I did like this politicians animatic thing? Yes. That was like they asked me like for an extra detail thing. and I say okay, I can give you the black and white uh, pictures in, a week from now. Remember that? Yes. Well, now they wanted the f- uh, new, more you know like 53 uh, panels, full color in uh, Friday, in four days. Uh, yeah, and I just delivered all of them. Uh, <sighs> but the thing is that I'm a bit uh, you know. No, not not at my best uh, physical condition, like, at all. Uh, and also, tomorrow, I have a meeting at uh, 11 a.m., which means I have to wake up at 8 a.m., because I have, a, like, a two-hour drive till there. Uh, and that beautiful thing is for uh, another storyboard that is... Um, what's its name? Uh, it's for Teleton. It's... Uh, It's charity for children, basically, Uh, children with uh, disabilities and stuff. Uh, So I'm not actually getting paid at my usual rate at all. uh, Mm -hmm. And I will probably have to rush it and all. But, you know, that's one of the things. And the thing is that I also have to deliver another storyboard today. Uh, It's just black and white. It's just uh, 30 more panels. Uh, So, you know, happiness uh but let's see if i can show you just one of the mm, recent uh, let's see oh uh i'll show you one funny panel uh from one of my latest storyboards uh, of the this last animatic and where's this other one it's um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this one yeah this is um the quality I had to deliver in this uh, 53 panels that I (laughs) had to do.
2: Oh, Pablo, did you see my new updated digital portfolio site?
3: Uh, Oh, yes. I I, I never got to a reply. I did check it out. Uh, The site is up, by the way. Oh, great. Uh, It's very clear and seems to work on the different, uh, you know, platforms. So that's, that seems to work. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I would refer myself to, uh, uh,
2: what, what was the term? Uh, hobbyist cartoonist. <laughs> oh, come on. The reason why I have that on there, and I had to explain this multiple times is every time someone interviews me, they ask me, what do I do for fun?
1: Mm-hmm. You need to put your name up at the top.
2: <sighs> I'm trying to create a brand.
1: Yeah. That's why you put your name at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I understand you have your, your picture, which is awesome, but you have to like... It's like, well, at McDonald's, if they had started out with just the M, everyone would be like, the fuck? They started out by putting McDonald's underneath it, and now they can just do the M. But
4: yeah. that takes
1: like decades. You're like the artist formerly
3: known as Ben Carver, only <laughs> you're, you're not formerly known yet.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. but, but, but other than... People, people, like, ask your, your name, name I'm on you the cool. paper! So okay, that'd, be, other than, that'd be great
0: uh, if you put like a print style symbol at the top of
2: your page. But other than that, other than that that's just, my just name. The, what What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the different elements, like the, uh, like you know? I did all the vector art on this thing. I didn't take any assets from anyone else. This is all my assets I created.
3: Oh, but Ben, you could have spent like fifteen dollars
2: getting all of this. Nah. But your yeah. co worker, Ben! Your co worker! <laughs> I, lo- I love Craig Vector Graphics. Mm.
3: I know you do. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here was the other thing I, I recall that uh, made me, you know, like, huh? uh, the, the part that says being a cartoonist is more than knowing how to draw, but also knowing how to manage assets and scheduling, including website management and working with various uh, artists. Yes. That, that that part was like, okay, that's a tiny bit of a stretch. <laughs> I work with you, Pablo. You're a various I, No, no, I, should... I'm not saying you don't do any of the things you're saying here. It's I know you do, and you do even way more. But the thing is like... Uh, it's like being a cartoonist is more than just knowing how to draw, but also knowing how to manage assets and scheduling and website management and working with a services. service. It's like and also website building and of course, uh, you know, multitasking and uh, cooking pizza. Synergy <laughs> and
4: okay, ben, ben.
1: another yes. thing you should probably do is you probably should move up email design above cartooning. I understand that cartooning is really important, but the thing is, is that like the email design part i think is a little stronger so you should move that up just i know a bit. i'm
2: going to do that I, i've already right. closer to responsive web design mm-hmm. yes it's a bit more related do you like the responsive web design by the way do you like do you like the graphic i created to illustrate that concept oh yes it's very clear uh like a lot it does its work perfectly and the site does it perfectly too it's uh The thing is, I don't like working on someone else's pre-existing CSS framework. I love just creating my own every time I do a project because that way it's perfect. I don't have to mess with, well, this person uses call 612 and call 612 does this. You know what I mean? I, I used to
3: build, you know websites with html code on txt notepad from windows same here Um, and that's all i all i ever got as far when it came to web design so every time you go with acronyms and stuff like that it it, you you could just be talking about i don't know timey Me? Blimey, he's you know. b- he's
1: basically just building it from scratch each time. So, yeah, it's because like, he's not using like most people just use templates to do like oh I want this one thing oh someone's already built that template yay third in slap.
2: Yeah, and mm. it's always not perfect because you always have to like tweak the CSS to do what you want it to do in the end is in in the end it's more of a headache I find personally for me than mm. I I I might be wrong there might be people who are masters of the nine sixty grid system. But I hate it. Pretty I hate I, I hate the 960 grid. But uh, you know, it's I, I put little notes with with each with each uh, email design, and it's uh, and the thing is 960 grid. 960 grid. 960 grid. Well, for a second it was
3: great because in my mind it was like a 60s version of the grid from Tron, <laughs> where everybody was
2: wearing you know funny outfits yeah. and stuff. The 960 grid is I hate it because of this because some because some guy who has a brain like me who loves numbers, came up with what his perfect size of grids and columns and gutters are for a web page. And is like, here it is. Use this. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're designing something that you design something in a PSD file and you don't know what the grid size is, and then you have to put it into the grid size, all of a sudden you have gaps that are bigger or smaller than
1: Well, I'm sorry, Ben. I have to say that the 960 grid is awesome because Fedora (laughs) Project is using it. And since, like, I profit (laughs) off of Fedora, then, you know, I'm going to have to say it's awesome.
3: Oh, okay. By looking at it, uh, it it looks like a great load runner level, you know? Well,
1: what it looks like is, is, is this is is actually, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Knowing that people are just like, I just want a goddamn website, this is definitely good because then it prevents, like, I has, like, horrible font choices, horrible, like, just trying to do tables and shit like this. At least this sort of gives people, like, hey, here's a starting point, which, you know, that's good. And I'm not not being like – and I'm looking at these websites, and while they all do look the same because they all have the same kind of layout, I'm not like – my eyes are not bleeding while looking at these websites.
4: True. Because
1: at least they're laid out well, and like my brain isn't going, oh, oh, that spacing. Jesus Christ, please make it stop. True, true. But, I mean, I understand, because, like, you know, my website is custom, too, so, I mean, I understand the allure of the custom website, but at the same time, I also understand that not everybody understands, like, you know, on some fonts, they've set the kerning and shit that way for a reason, because it looks good. Don't fuck with it. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but you know, basically, I'm trying to get my name out in in no, these, no, no, no. In these circles. A good example of this is uh, my tips have been twice referenced on Campaign Monitor's blog, you can see here. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm going to work that in my digital portfolio site, too, because when it comes to email marketing and email design, Campaign Monitors like the big boys.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Well, so, I understand, but I'm just saying that, like, that you're definitely, like, more towards a person who's like, I want something looking unique, whereas, like, what this 960 thing looks like is, hi, you're just wanting something quick because you really don't give a shit about right. like you just want the information out there, and that's fine because you know like that's good for for some people, but like if you're doing advertising, I would say like like because most of those sites I saw, they were just you know this is our home page Yes. And and most of them were like Drupal and. And fedora and things like that so
2: right and the thing is actually i was talking to to, uh, my creative director he saw my site and he's like you put this together in one day i'm like yes he said to me i should be building my own css frameworks and like having a site just giving them out and because he says that what i do is amazing to him that i can create a framework as a responsive framework in like a day i'm like that's just what I do. And I'm starting to think that maybe he's right. Maybe I can get my name out more if I do that. Like if I can create something that's like 960 but for people like me, maybe hmm. maybe all of a sudden some things can happen. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, it, definitely you should get your name out there as a designer. Um, I think like with 960, that might require like having a team. And like that's something that you can build towards because it looks like they're doing a little more than just design now. It looks like they've sort of... Branched out. Branched out, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's good. It, the guy is right in that you should probably put your name out there, but, you know, that takes a while to get to the point where you're at, like, these guys' level, because, like, right. these guys have been around for a while.
2: Right. I understand, and, and you're cool. right. It's just it's just that, you know, I apparently...
1: Well, you I... want to do something different. This is definitely the, okay... We'll just have come up with something dumb and quick that you, that anyone can like follow. And what you're looking for is something a little bit more customized.
3: Oh, doggy. Oh yeah. That's uh, our new one. Uh-huh. We adopted, uh, uh you know, uh, my father found, uh, this very little, uh, female dog, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was, just looked like this, uh, Mattress? No, that's not the word. Uh,
2: mattress. Carpet. <laughs> carpet. Sorry. Carpet. Okay, okay. I, was, I was like a dog that <laughs> looks like a mattress.
3: And we brought her in, uh, cleaned her up, took her to, um, you know, the, the veterinarian. Yeah, yeah. Bathroom,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. And to the bed. See in Korea, um, you
2: take them to take them to the uh, take them to the stir fry shop. Oh. Uh, we parched
3: her up a bit, and, and now the, the thing is that uh, the veterinarian actually knew the previous owners, and they treated her like shit, so uh-huh. we were like, okay, fuck that, she's not going back there, and now she's our indoor, new indoor uh, doggy, and, and the thing is that she's, she's finally in confidence, so she's being noisy, because for the first week she didn't talk at all, and we, we had to cut all of her hair, her wounds are closing up, she was oh, on geez. the street for like uh, two weeks or so, at least. Uh, but here she is being, you know, spoiled as any ca- any Aww. princess or anything. Mm. I'll, I'll send you <laughs> pictures next time. My, my mother is actually happy of taking pictures of her because her other dog seems to be the reincarnation of Lady Diana. Is it
2: deeply nice. afraid of
3: cameras.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: No. Oh no, it's gonna steal my soul. <laughs> I, I uh, visited my mom today and and uh, my mom is watching these Korean dramas like crazy. Yeah. Uh, 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 the thing is, uh, you know, she was watching this new one called Nail Shop Paris. It's a
1: uh, Let me tell you they this. Based on the manhwa.
2: I have no idea in hell. Anyways, the the, uh, the plot of Nail Shop Paris is about this girl that's a uh, that, that writes uh, stories online and is paid to write stories online. I, I don't know how this works. Apparently, so she's,
1: like a, she's one of those fiction writers, yeah. Yes,
2: apparently Kree can actually make money by writing original fiction online. And apparently America, yeah, doesn't, understand, America doesn't understand this yet. And I was like, Whoa. so apparently oh, dude,
1: she... Dude, she, dude she, don't, she, don't even start. I know people who make shit tons of money off that stuff.
2: And anyways, uh, she uh, she uh, what, what happened is one day she meets... Uh, she meets this a uh, th- this a uh, Taekwondo guy, and she's like she she she's like she wants to know more about him. So she poses as a boy. Finds out he works as a as a nail salon as a nail stylist, and you know becomes friends with him as, as uh, pretending to be a boy, and they yeah. all call him quote you know, her quote him Bunny is is is. is I I, I was confused by this. I asked my mom what this meant because my mom understands Korean culture more than I do. But apparently there's all this new stuff that I don't even know about and she doesn't even know about. She's like, I don't know. I don't know why they call her Bunny. And I'm like, okay. Because it just seemed like a weird nickname for a, is someone that's posing as a guy, you know, someone that's a guy. And that's a, it, it's obviously a girl if you, yeah, you, you can see which one it is.
1: Well, um, I actually, um, I have heard people referring to upper class men as bunny before. So it could be like something that came from the West. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just, that's not, that I can't, I'm actually looking it up myself and I'm like, fuck, I don't know. And
3: that's the only science, thing I can we, think we, of when it comes to the modern age, uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, androgyny and androgynous persons and stuff like that, if a girl walks to me dressed as a boy and says, I'm a boy, I I believe I am socially obligated to say, you're the man. Yep. So I think think this sort of comedy and storyline and plots and stuff, it's uh, more... uh, What's the name? In vogue today than it ever was.
1: Well, it's in vogue, especially with the Asian cultures, because they're they're still sort of like a behind, I would say, in acceptance.
2: And uh, there's obviously a love triangle between her and the the two guys, but they both think yeah. he's a guy. But so it's like a confused kind of thing.
1: Whoa. That didn't so stop like- Shakespeare. I-
2: and, uh, and 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 uh, and obviously the guy that's on the far right is like the goofy character.
1: Wait, so 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 wait a minute. Is this reverse trap stuff? Like they they think he's a dude and they want to sleep with him as a dude, and then
2: they're confused, <laughs> they're confused yeah. by it. They're conf-
1: <laughs> I don't know. I... Uh, oh 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 that 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 whole trope. The whole I'm in love with you, but I know I'm not gay. What's up with this?
3: Yes, the reverse yeah, because... trap is yeah. actually
2: a part. Yeah, yeah, reverse so, trap. So basically, that's, this is what my mom's watching, and I don't understand it. It, it I, I, you know, I I, 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 spent some time with her.
1: Dude, dude, dude! What do we read? What kind of manga do we read all fucking day? We read shit with body swap traps, uh, futas. I mean, this is pretty fucking tame compared okay. to. Okay, uh,
2: that's <laughs> my mom watching it. That's the weird.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you look at TV nowadays, and it's it's you it, it's a lot different than like than when I was younger. For instance, like I hear my grandmothers, you know, being like, "Oh, I love that Modern Family, and the gay couple is so cute." It's like, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> awesome. Things are good. Things are getting better. You know. But the,
2: the point remains that you know, I, I watched like two episodes in a row, and it is a fairly entertaining show because apparently, apparently, like Alex is the name of. This one guy has the ability to know people's personalities by looking at their at the lines on their nails, and if they have red lines, they're depressed and stuff like that. I'm like, what? What's this now? It it it's uh, it, it it's it's actually not that bad. I mean, it's it, it, I wouldn't seek this out myself, but this is this you know this is this. Well, this.
1: I mean, it, it's it's you what you're hitting against is you wouldn't expect your mother to actually watch a series like this in the same way I'm saying, like my grandparent, the, the grandmother's being like they like mother and family it's it's different it's like you couldn't expect them to accept something like that but i think it's just because the whole culture is like for instance i hear them saying like gay marriage is okay like the older members of my family and i'm like this is a very good change that they're actually saying things like that so i say hey you know it is odd to think your mom is watching something with a reverse trap in it but at the same time it's like that's awesome!
2: <laughs> it cool. is awesome, but... Uh, so, I have one question for you. Have you been reading... Did you read Chapter 300 of Oh My Goddess yet?
1: Yes, I did. And the, what the... I mean, okay, Oh My Goddess is now just like... What the fuck? He re- wasted number 300, which I'm hoping what he's going to do is he's going to end it on, like, 303 or something like that. Because they usually like to end on odd numbers. So... Or maybe he's going to stretch this to 333. (laughs) I mean, I I am really confused as to what, like, right now it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we having a stupid motorcycle thing at the end and that chick comes back and God can't do anything because he's not in his real body and. uh.
2: And basically made the landscape, you know, you know, I didn't touch the track. I just made the landscape pretty.
1: So he won't freak out and shit. Anyway, I'm actually reading uh, Ray and, Ran, Ron and the Gray World, which is actually wrapping up. And only 30... And right, it's going to wrap up in probably 40 episodes. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and the art has gotten much better. There's been a lot more tits in the recent chapters, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Have you guys
3: checked out Kill la Kill yet? I need to check
1: that out. I need to check that out. I've heard that's awesome.
3: In in that series, it's uh, you know how in in Gurren Lagann, basically guts are power. Yeah. The gutsier you are, the more powerful you are. Yes. Yeah. Here, here, uh, even though that's basically the same case, uh, power, however, here seems to entail more fan service. So. The more fan here the more powerful somehow. <laughs> oh, they
1: follow that that whole the ho- that whole anime rule. The uh, the more the less a woman is wearing, the more powerful she is until she's naked.
3: This is the most powerful being on earth.
1: And, okay, well,
3: and one of my favorite cosplayers is actually thinking of doing a cosplay on her. So <laughs> yeah, she I
1: need to watch. The
4: bravest
3: woman I've ever known. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do it. <laughs> so, 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 Pablo, After, after, you know, we need to talk about some uh, plot developments for the for the comic with, mm-hmm. tonight. Is that okay for just a brief bit? I have some ideas, lots of ideas. Ideas, ideas, ideas. You get ten minutes.
3: Okay,
2: but so I'm sorry uh, to like
3: that. But it's it's one a.m. here, and my parents okay. are
2: asleep already. Okay. Well, anyways, we'll do that then, uh, and. Uh, oh. Kitty if you want to watch some, if you want to watch some Korean dramas, you can. Oh wow, because uh-huh. uh, because there's there are so many weird ones. Actually, the funny thing is, there's a Korean drama version of Boys Over Flowers.
1: Oh yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah.
2: And apparently, apparently, people are saying the Korean live action adaptation is better than the Japanese live action adaptation. Of course, the only who I hear that from is my mother. But uh... well,
1: I haven't actually seen the live action. Um... Like Japanese one, Uh, but I did hear some good things about the Korean one. Um, Also, I think the live wasn't the live-action Japanese one done like like forever ago. Let me see here. But yeah, there's lots of there are lots of like sub Korean dramas here in um, Brisbane because of the the big uh, Korean population here, and Mm. some of them. Don't know
2: Korean, so.
1: Oh, Neil, um, someone
2: someone badmouthed Giselle in our comments. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, I took what? Care
2: of that. Wait, what? Yeah, it was before
0: the show. Shit. What would they say? Why? Oh, you know, it was like. Well, let me let me find the comment. Again. It was like,
2: how dare you like Giselle Lagasse? Back before. No, what bat...
0: we... no it was like uh, something about uh, she. She all of her characters are are supposedly bisexual and some someone on uh on the bad webcomics wiki didn't like that, so they called her creepy and you know.
1: Oh, okay. Let me let you in on that. Like I used to be a fan of the bad webcomics wiki just because it was they would some of the write ups were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But the original people are not there anymore. Ah, and okay. what's been left behind are the trolls. You know, yeah. It it's 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 not the quality isn't as good as it once was. So I it Because it the old people that were
2: yeah. there, you could disarm with a smile and a nod and say, Yeah, I know I suck, but I'm doing this just for fun. They're like, Oh, okay. Well Yeah, we- they'd
1: be like, All right, dude, yeah. It, it was it was a lot more like while they were very they okay, for one instance, they were a lot more vicious back then. But at the same time, like you said, if you smiled and said, Yeah, fair cop, they were like, You're awesome. Here yeah. it's just like I'm here like, it's like just... we're
2: gonna we're gonna make you cry, and we're making our life mission to make you make you cry.
1: But except they don't. They're just. It's like I've read recent ones, and I'm like, okay, like this sounds like you're just raging. This isn't funny. I I came here for funny. Oh well.
0: And they're kind of nitpicky. Oh, like, okay. uh, um, hmm? I saw I saw that one of the write ups that they did recently was actually SGVY, and they kind of nitpicked oh, I, I, they kind of yeah. the definition of of parody. I'm like, man, this is kind of,
1: yeah. yeah. I've heard, and like, I've had people say, you know, it isn't a parody, and I'm like, okay,
2: whatever. I mean, it is I, what it wants to be.
1: I, yeah, and like, the other thing is, is like, I will agree that it has some problems. Like anything that they would have come up with, I probably would have gone fair cop. But the thing is, is like, I want mean. I want like, I'm crying because it's so mean and so funny. But Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, whatever. It's the so people get butt hurt about the weirdest things, and right, then and, they just and, go off.
2: And like I said, if you if you just if you just uh, you know, I always found that the best way to disarm criticism is if it's valid criticism, a- agree with it. Say yes, I know, I you know, but I'm doing this for fun. I'm learning. I'm just having a blast doing it. You know, you know the, the people that do it, you can tell it disarms them. They're like, oh, okay, okay, it, they leave you alone. Or the ones that just want you to do, the ones that just want you to uh, to be, uh, the ones that want to be trolls, the ones that make you cry. You just ignore them because it's like, you just ignore them because you don't feed the trolls. And every time you respond to them, you're feeding them. You're giving them that gratification of, oh, you responded. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this some more. Unless you want to
1: have
2: fun. Yeah, if you're having fun back with them, then then all of a sudden you're reverse trolling, and all of a sudden. you win the internet.
0: Yeah. I noticed, I I don't see any Crosby comics on there. Yeah. It's like, I I can name some Bobby Crosby comics that definitely need to be.
1: Well, but I think they usually went for things that were just like really wretched. It was what they used to do.
2: And the the sad thing is also people, uh, like people also like give lots of, uh, you know, people jump on to like the, 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 be- the mainstream guys that, that do controversial things like and those are those are the easiest targets. I mean, the one thing I agree with when um, Mike Kralik said the saddest thing that he ever did was he he uh, took away the dick wolves shirt and he, he thinks that that was a wrong decision
1: was pressured well, it was a funny uh. joke but the t-shirt was like I think a little a bridge too far like it's one thing to make that joke it's another thing to make the shirt so I think like he should have like the t-shirt was like not uh, the best thing to do but I think the joke was okay it's just don't don't like make merchandise based on rape jokes that's kind of that usually doesn't go good places as much yeah. as 4 and I laugh about it. It's not a good choice.
0: Yeah. Plus the original comic was not really about rape itself, but once you make a t-shirt that's about the controversial aspect yeah. of said comic, then you are kind of making a joke yeah. out of rape.
1: You just made it one. That's yeah, yeah. That's the point. Like, I'm just like, it's one thing to to do it. It's another thing to make a shirt. Yeah. So I think in that case, it was right to take the shirt down. It's just, yeah. that was a bad, that was a bad move. And him saying, and then him bringing up, all oh, I shouldn't have taken down the shirt. He should have just let that one lie. He should have just yeah. said, never going to discuss that again. Let's move on. But anyway. Uh, that, the
3: thing is yeah. that it wasn't, uh, uh the way it came up from what I read, at least, uh it wasn't something that they asked directly. It was, uh it seemed to be like a, a honest Q&A with a friend and he sort of asked like, uh, uh, is, what's the worst thing that I ever did. It's like The only thing I could complain was taking down the you know, the Dick Wolves t-shirts thingy uh, yeah. because that was the only thing that ever upset him somehow. And So people, oh my god he mentioned the Dick Wolves and he said he wasn't sorry about that yeah Uh, i
1: guess like yeah i remember yeah but he really should have just like not mentioned it it's like one of those
3: that was a big slip
1: yeah that would like if you don't want controversy don't bring it up and it sounds like that that was a very bad idea to bring that back up so but then again like you know sometimes you put your foot in your mouth and you fucking say something stupid and the whole internet goes completely insane and then then everyone forgets about it the next week like, someone honestly, does something I'm, worse. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't even, I don't even remember this shit. Because <laughs> I've been so, like, how long ago was that? Like, three years ago or something like that? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quite a and then the ago. thing was this year. Yeah, this this year he mentioned it again. So just let it go. <laughs> oh, well. <sighs> well, I've got to go because I've right. got to start packing shit up. And, All right. Uh, got to yeah. talk to
2: Pablo about comic stuff.
1: All right. Cool. Alrighty. Thanks for having me on the show. It was awesome. And um, let's do the show on French animation soon. I don't know when I'm – maybe next week if I have internet, I can do it.
0: Excellent. To, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Well, we, we'll we have another idea in case you don't – in case you can't make okay. it. Okay. So either yeah. way, we're we're set for next week.
2: Well, we still we still have at least three episodes in the pipe. Not that, that's true too. There was there's that's
0: two good. episodes that keep getting pushed back just because I keep wanting to release newer episodes. <laughs> Neil, you
2: have to do them. You have to do them. I I will do them. They will get but, put but, up. it's
1: you got a buffer. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. Yeah,
2: and and how dare us all for thinking Giselle Ossi draws cute girls? Yeah.
0: Well, I how handled that. We? It was like basically my response was um. That's someone else's interpretation of her work. You should ask Giselle what her work means before you just assume things. And what what someone else thinks of Giselle is not a reason for us to like or dislike her, so shut the fuck up.
2: We like her because we talk to her, we like her as a person, she's funny, she draws sexy girls, and she's not afraid to...
1: They also the other thing is, hi, it's the age of the internet and she has a Twitter. You can twit tweet her and ask her directly, do it. Do it now. <laughs> and,
2: well, it's part of it is the fear of, you know, it's easy to be mad at somebody without going to them and saying, oh, yeah, Hey definitely. and the, the the thing I love about Neil and, and and I is we actually do say that those people's faces, hey, you suck and then and then they they like respond back six times in a row about why you're wrong and we ignore it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, or they, they invite you out.
2: to their show again because no one will have you. <laughs>
1: anyway, I got to go. <laughs> All, <so>. right. <laughs> All right. Good night,
2: Kitty. All
1: right. See y'all.
3: Take care. Sleep well and good luck with the packing. All
1: right. All right. Good, good luck with good sleeping luck. for
2: you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, Pablo, I'm going to call you separately. Uh, Neil, uh, let me know if you need my audio. You probably won't, but okay. No. I'll be okay. okay. All right. <laughs> All night, right. Neil.
0: Good night.